Crossroads family. My name is Jacqueline, and whether you're joining us on our campus or online, it's great to have you with us. Hey everybody, normally I take July to get away, to study, to refuel, and get ready for what I think is going to be an amazing fall. This year I get to do that, and during this time I'm going to be studying on something that I can't wait for you to hear. It's miracles. God is a God who does miracles. He's still a miracle working God. And you and I, according to the Bible, should from time to time be experiencing the miraculous as God works in us, through us, and for us. So here's what I wanna tell you to do. I want you to get ready for that series that kicks off on August 1st by ordering today. Don't wait, don't put it off. Order a miracle journal. Go to crossroadschurch.family and order your own miracle journal. And every day, I want you to study the miracles of the Bible so that you can open up to all that God wants to do in your life. Get ready for the miraculous. Uh, one of the greatest miracles I ever experienced by far was when Jesus Christ came and changed my life and changed me from the inside out. I want to share that story with all of you who've never heard it before at something we call Next Step with Pastor Chuck. That's on August the 8th. Uh, we're, if you're on campus, we're going to have a meal together. If you're online, we're going to stream this to you. But one of the things I get really excited about too is getting to hear from some of our young pastors. They're amazingly gifted teachers. Our church is blessed with people who have that level of talent and that level of commitment with God and how it's coming together. And all this month, we're gonna be hearing from them as they talk about how you and I can be refueled. Speaking of refueling, I heard a story about a girl who put diesel fuel in her Toyota Corolla on a long trip and as she was driving, her engine completely failed. The fact is that when we refuel with the wrong thing, we can do significant damage to ourselves. Okay, this cracks me up because not, it's not funny. Well, it's funny now because I have a friend who actually did what Jacqueline talked about where they put diesel fuel in their car and it ruined it. Oh man, it was a mess. But you know what? We need to fuel ourselves in the right way at the right time. And you're about to hear a message from Pastor Sawyer, our pastor to high school students, who's going to get very honest with you and very transparent. Uh, I love Sawyer and I love his heart for God and his heart for people. And you're about to experience that right now. So Crossroads family, would you welcome Pastor Sawyer. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you. Hey, I wasn't planning on doing this, but real quick, uh, Pastor Lauren's story about that kid giving their life to Christ, just, I mean, it, it made me cry. So can we give it up one more time for VBS and everything that God did through that? So special, so powerful. Hey, Crossroads, good morning. I love being with you today, being here in person. I mean, it just fuels my heart. So welcome to Crossroads. Welcome everyone watching online. And special shout out right now to Nina watching with us. We're so glad that you're joining us all over the world. Crossroads, I love church on a Sunday morning. It is 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. That's right. Happy birthday, America. Love seeing some stars, some stripes. I love seeing the outfits today. It's been so nice. I love this holiday growing up. This was one of my favorite holidays. It just meant, you know, good food. We, we shot off our own fireworks, which apparently is illegal in California, but that's what we did in Alabama. Made homemade ice cream, ate good food, played games. We just, it was 4th of July. It was awesome. It's one of my favorite holidays. So taking one of my favorite holidays, putting on my favorite day of the week at my favorite place, Crossroads, it's just good to be here on Sunday morning on 4th of July. So thank you guys for being with us today. Now, that being said, 
Um, I actually, a few weeks ago, got to do one of the most American things that you can possibly do. Okay, I went to a professional baseball game, right? That, that's America's pastime, right? Anyone baseball fans? Okay, so this was actually only the second professional baseball game that I've ever been to. Back in Alabama, we don't have an MLB team, and we weren't Braves fans, so we just like never really did it. So coming out here, um, I, I was excited to go and see all the sports games, and this was the second time I had ever been to a professional baseball game. Okay, and something happened at this game that was really cool. And in a second, I'm gonna show you a video of that. But before I do that, I just wanna preface this. I don't wanna lose half of your respect before we start. I'm not particularly a fan of this team. I mean, I do like it. I went to the game. But, but I'm sorry to the Dodgers fans or anyone who hates this team. Okay, this was an LA Angels game. Okay, that's right. Now, I got some booze, okay? I've also been informed that they're not the LA Angels. They're just the Angels, which doesn't make sense to me. But it says LA Angels on the, on the banner, so I'm gonna keep calling them. LA Angels, okay, get off my back ballot. Okay, cool, so, so I went to the LA Angels game and something really special happened that I happened to actually catch on video. Take a look at this video. You can cut it off. I don't want to hear my voice crack anymore. You can, you can tell in that video that I'm excited. I've never seen that before. I've never seen someone hit a home run that I was cheering for, let alone a grand slam. And I mean, what's more American than that? That was a grand slam in California. Fireworks going off. It was crazy. It was so much fun. Um, I was there with my buddy Jake and Trevor. They served with me at HSM. You could see Trevor's face right there. Trevor, what's up? You could see him right there. He was just so happy. He didn't even know what to do. He was like, what's going on? We were going crazy. We were high-fiving, you know. We were chest-bumping some drunk dude behind us. We were just going crazy. It was so much fun. It was a blast. And then we sat down after, after things kind of calmed down, and we were actually just talking about, Jake, Trevor, and I, we were just talking about, like, how nice it was to be back in that atmosphere, right? Like full stadium, there was no empty seats, there was you know, chants going on, beach balls flying around, little leaguers starting the wave, like it was just a fun atmosphere. And we were talking about how much, how, how much fun we were having, like it, we were just thankful to be there. And we kinda had the realization that it was the first time in over a year, maybe a year and a half, that we had done something at that capacity with no restrictions. Right, that was the first time. Like there was no masks, there was no social distancing, no temperature checks, it was, it was none of that stuff. And, and I don't know if you realize to me, but how refreshing that was for me. That was so refreshing for me. Now, yeah, I mean, clearly you guys too. And now I'm not, I'm not here to get political about, you know, if those restrictions were good things or bad things. I'm not here to talk about that stuff. But what, what I do wanna talk about is this. That being the first time that I'd experienced that in so long and how refreshing and how much fun it was for me, the Lord actually hit me with a question later on that night that kind of shook me that I wanna ask ourselves today. That night, I, I, like, it was so much fun. It was so refreshing. Even sitting in traffic after the game, I was having fun. I was like, I miss this stuff. <laughs> but then in, in bed that night, the Lord hit me with a question. Are you, are you ready for what's next? Like, are you really ready for what's coming next? And the reason that I think that's an important question is because I have the tendency to look at a new season as a chance to escape some emptiness that I've been having from the old season. I don't mean to make this about me today, but I do need to be very, very clear with you guys and honest with you guys. 
The past 18 months took a huge toll on my life. There was, there was a lot of great things that happened to me in 2020 and the beginning of 2021. I got, I got married to the woman of my dreams and I'm madly in love with her and that was so much fun for me. Yeah, I got to still serve as the high school ministry pastor here at Crossroads and I love that stuff. So there were some great things going on in my life but at the same time, there was a lot of stuff that attacked me personally that really took a toll on me, if I'm being honest. Like I'm a 25 year old guy, I'm young and, and I have severe ADHD. I love people. I love doing things. I love spontaneity. I love getting out of the house. I love exploring. I love freedom. I love all of that stuff. And I felt like the year 2020 person, like specifically attacked some of the favorite things about my life. And it really hurt me in a lot of ways. And I think that's the same for a lot of you guys. Maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people in here were hurt in a lot of ways. I know for a fact that some of you, I even see some familiar faces who I know that this happened to lost loved ones in 2020. Which by the way, if you're watching online or if you're here with us, I just wanna stop right there and say I'm sorry for your loss and I know, I know that has to be difficult. And we're here for you and I, I wanna be able to be here for you guys and I'm sorry for your loss on that. But that's gotta take a toll on you. I know about people who financially struggled more than ever before, they lost their job and, and maybe they didn't even lose their job but are still just financially not able to get back up to where they were and they're just trying to stay afloat. I know people who lost faith in humanity, lost faith in our country, lost faith in our God, lost their relationship with Jesus because of the season that they faced. I know about people who were pushed away by loved ones in life. Maybe, maybe you're even in here and you're the one that's pushed loved ones away because of the toll that this season has taken on you. I've heard of broken marriages and divorces. I've heard of people slipping into an addiction for the first time or slipping back into an addiction that they've recently been set free from or maybe even deeper into an addiction. I've even heard of people having suicidal thoughts and tendencies turning to harm themselves, people picking up habits that maybe you're not even aware of, anger and bitterness and hate. The past 18 months has taken a toll on a lot of people. And even if you're in here and you, didn't, you, you don't feel that way, which I actually know some people who through 2020 really just like, I thrive, you know, whatever. And that's great. I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you didn't get hurt by that. That's okay. But I do guarantee you that there's people in your life who were hurt by it. And I do promise you not to be the bearer of bad news, but one day you're gonna face a season that will hurt you in some way or the other. And so that question that God asked me really hit me hard because I was hurt. I was emptied. I was burdened by the last 18 months. And when he said, are you ready for what's next? It really got me thinking because I think our tendency is to look at something new as a chance to escape the old, cover it up, distract ourselves from it, just move on from it. Like, oh, now that I can go back to my job, I don't have to worry about my financial problems anymore. That's never gonna be a thing anymore. Oh, now, now that I can be with people and you know, get out of my house and do things freely, I don't have to worry about my marital issues going on because that's just you know, gonna get pushed aside. Now, now, you know, now that I got my, my buddies back, I don't have to worry about the alcoholism that I've slipped into because that's just not a thing anymore. Now, and it's just like we look, now, now that I can go to an angels game, I don't have to worry about the heart hurt that I've had and the loneliness that I've experienced and the struggle that I've had for the past years because it's just over. Unfortunately, just because a season changes doesn't mean your problems are gonna change. The truth is just by distracting ourselves and trying to move on and trying to cover it up doesn't mean that our problems are gonna go away. That's only actually gonna create more damage in our life. See, I think if we're not careful, what's gonna happen is our 2020 problems are gonna come, our 2021 problems, then those are gonna become our 2022 problems, then those are gonna become our 2032 problems and so on and so forth. It's just gonna follow us for the rest of our life and get worse and worse and worse. 
I think so many people find themselves empty. I find myself empty, running on empty. And we cannot properly move on and get ready for what's next, and that's where we're refueled. That's what God was asking me that night. That's what I'm asking you guys today. So that's actually what we're gonna focus on for the next four weeks. Just like Pastor Chuck said, we're gonna hear from some of our younger leaders, and I'm honored to be a part of that, but we're gonna focus on how to refuel for what's coming next and making sure that we're ready, making sure that we're not holding on to the damage that our past has done to us. And so this morning, what I wanna focus on is, is, is something that happened to me, and it's a, a specific type of refueling for a specific type of emptiness, and it comes in the form of finding healing from our hurt. I was hurt. I was hurt in a lot of ways personally by 2020, and I gotta find healing from it, and I wanna make sure that we're doing the same. And a great example of why this is so, so, so important is found in John chapter four. In John chapter four, we see Jesus and his disciples traveling through an area called Samaritan, right? Samaritan people, they're traveling through this area. And Jesus actually finds himself alone at a well. And he has this really interesting conversation with someone. Y'all might have heard of this story before, but I wanna read it and look at how this has to do with finding healing from our hurt. Look at John chapter four, verse seven through nine. It says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Now, I don't know if you noticed what happened right there in that, in just in that one initial conversation, just that initial you know, icebreaker of a conversation right there. The Samaritan woman's hurt became her present problems. Her, her 2020 problems became her 2021 problems. The hurt that she had experienced in the past had turned into hate and bitterness and rejection in her present. Same thing that's gonna happen to a lot of us if we don't go through the healing process. You see, what we need to realize about this woman is that she has been hurt in a lot of ways, hurt in more ways than, than the text might initially show you just at first glance. First of all, this woman has been hurt by a religious and a cultural and a racial rivalry that has been going on since way before she was ever born. The Jews and the Samaritans have a over, it's been over 700 years and they've been having this ongoing hatred and battle amongst each other. Over 700 years, this woman was born into this 700 plus year old hatred for each other and she's on the bottom end of those things. The Jews viewed the Samaritans as dirt, as filth, as no good, as lousy. They would avoid that city at all costs and the only reason they would ever go to that city usually was not for a good reason. This woman had been hurt by racism, by a cultural rivalry, by religious rivalry. She has been born into a hateful culture and she has been hurt by it time and time again and we see that. When Jesus is like, hey, can you give me a drink? She, 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 she refers to his Jewishness and the fact that she's a Samaritan. She knows the hurt that she's experienced from, from Jews in her past and it's turned into a hatred for them in her presence. She's been hurt by this. Not only that, we're actually gonna see that she's been hurt by the very people who have promised to love her the most. In a few verses, we're gonna read it, but Jesus actually asks her about her love, like, hey, how you doing at home? How's, how's, you know, how's your man doing? And we're gonna find out that she's had five husbands and five divorces, and she's currently living with a man who's not her husband, a sixth man. And a lot of us, we look at this story and we look at this woman and we think, oh, she's one of those. 
been a little too free with her, with her private life, you know, like, what kind of woman is she that, that she's had five divorces? Like, she's, you know, just dirty laundry. We just kind of look at, we kind of blame her because she's the face that we see. But what I want to understand is this marriage did not work the same way that it does now. Women had no power to divorce their husband. Back then, if a man and a woman were married, the only person who could end a marriage was the man. The woman had no say in it. In fact, we even see that women could not go and testify in court. So if there was a legal issue here and a man was like, I wanna divorce this woman, the woman could not go defend herself. She was not allowed to speak. This woman is not a part of five broken marriages. This woman has been left by five men. She's been left by five men. We even see culturally there was a pretty popular belief. There was kind of two, two schools of thought when it came to divorce. One was the, was the uncommon way of thinking. It was the unpopular way of thinking, but it's the way that Jesus actually taught, which is that you should not get divorced ever. The only justifiable reason is sexual sin, but even then we see that Jesus calls us to fight for marriage, to forgive, to restore marriage. I'm not preaching a marriage message today, but I'll preach anyway. Jesus calls us to fight for a marriage and to fight against divorce no matter what. That's Jesus' way of doing But the more common way of thinking back then was that there was, there was a whole bunch of different reasons why you could divorce your wife. One of them even being if she burns the bread, that's ground for divorce. This woman's been left by five men, and who knows why? Something as small and minuscule as burning the bread, forgetting something off the grocery list, you know, get out. This woman has been hurt by the very people that she loves the most and who have loved, promised to love her eternally. We even see right here that she's alone in the middle of the day getting water. That does not happen in that culture. Women went together every single day to go get water as a community at two times the day, either early in the morning before the sun came up when it was really cool or late at night when the sun had gone down, they went together. She's at the hottest part of the day by herself getting water. She's been hurt by culture, by religion, by race, by former husbands, by her friends, by her family, by her city, by community. Every person in this woman's life has abandoned her, has hurt her in one way or another. This woman has been hurt in more ways than you can ever imagine, and what we see right here in this conversation is the hurt that she's experienced in her past has now become her present problems, her present hate. She is rejecting Jesus, she's rejecting other people, she's rejecting her race, her culture, her city, she's rejecting people, not because it's her fault, but because she has not been healed from her hurt. I don't know who in here today is letting your past hurt become your present problem. You might not be a Samaritan woman, you might not be a victim of six broken marriages and, and racism, and you, you might be. But either way, we have all experienced hurt in our life, and we see in this woman's story, and we see in our lives that if we don't go through the healing process, our past hurt can become our present problems, our present hate. We gotta go through the healing process. We see it happen in her life right here. Then we see that Jesus has the answer. Jesus has the answer for her and for us. In the next verse, in verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus responds to her, like, hey, I got what you need. 
I know you're hurt, I know you're empty, I know you're broken, I know you're burdened, I got what you need, it's a living water, it's something that you can only get through me and it's worth it, it's only available through our God. Jeremiah 31, 25, for I will satisfy the weary soul and every, every languishing soul I will replenish. God's like, hey, I got what you need, you can only have it through me, but it's yours if you want it. I want to refuel you, I want to heal you, I want to help you, it's yours if you want it, just come to me and receive it. That's what Jesus offers us. I don't know what is hurting you today, but Jesus has the healing that you need. Now, that being said, there's a process to go through. The process isn't to earn the healing, to earn the help. We never see once in this conversation the, the, the lady come and prove her innocence, prove, oh God, trust me, I've changed, I deserve it. Oh God, God, trust me, no, 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 it's not my fault about the, like, it, it, she never has to come and earn or prove her worth of this healing, but Jesus does take her through a process to grow in the healing. Just like when you go to the gas station, you don't pull up, pull out your card, you know, pay for the gas and then leave. You pay for the gas, you get out the pump, you put it in a car, you choose the type of gas, you fill it up, you take it out, you do the little, you know, gotta top it off, get the last inch of gas because it's so expensive, put it back in, you just gotta move on. It's a process you gotta go through to be refueled. It's a process you gotta go through to be healed. And Jesus is gonna walk her through just in this one conversation how to be healed from her hurt. And we need to walk through this process and the process that I am still having to walk through and it's worth it. And we gotta go through the process. So if you wanna be healed from your hurt, if you wanna be refueled, we gotta go through these few steps that Jesus takes her through. The first one is this. Jesus, Jesus says you need to take a spiritual approach. It's a spiritual approach. This one might seem obvious, right? We're in church. Sure, it's a spiritual approach. Yes, God, like, help me, save me, whatever. But it's actually tougher than you might think. In fact, I, I would make the argument that people watching online, people here in the building, even people here on staff might tend to think we're taking a spiritual approach, but we're not. Jesus draws her attention to the fact that every element of your life needs to have a spiritual approach, especially finding healing from your hurt. Look at the next couple of verses, verse 11 through 14. Jesus has just offered her living water, just offered her the healing that she needs, and this is her response. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have anything to draw water with. The well is deep. Where's, where's your bucket? What you gonna get the water with? Where's this living water you're talking about? Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well to drink, and he drank it from himself, his sons, his livestock, they drank from it. Are you telling me that you have something different than this water? This is the only water in the entire desert. You're wrong. Where's your bucket? Where's your water? What are you gonna do? You're wrong, Jesus. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him, in fact, will become in him a spring of life welling up to eternal life. The woman's like, dude, give me the water. Where is this living water you're talking about? And I love her first response because it's what we tend to do when we face hurt, when we face problems, is we think logically. Well, I'm hurt, I know that. And logically, here's what's gonna help me. Logically, here's what's gonna help my hurt. From the, logically, I'm hurt from the past year and a half of my life. I've been alone, I've felt trapped, I've felt burdened, I've felt heavy, I felt like I wanted to quit, I felt like I'm not good enough, I felt like I'm not accepted, I felt like I'm not loved. So you know what's gonna help me? An angel's game. <laughs> it seemed like the perfect thing for me. And let me tell you something, the angel's game was great. And logically, it makes sense. Can I tell you something? My hurt did not change a second because of a fun time that I had an angel's game. 
Her logical response is, you know what, I'm gonna go by myself the hottest part of the day where I can avoid the people who hate me. I'm gonna go find another husband because that's what's gonna help me. That's what's gonna give me safety. That's what's gonna give me security. That's what's gonna give me finances because honestly, back then, that's what women needed. They didn't have feminism like we have today. It's not like I'm an independent woman. I'm gonna go get my job. She didn't have that option, so she goes, logically, I gotta find a new husband. Logically, I gotta avoid the crowd. Logically, I gotta go do things by myself. Logically, I gotta push this weird Jewish man asking me for a drink away. Logically, that's what I need to do. Logically, I gotta numb the pain with some alcohol. Logically, I gotta go get a new marriage. Logically, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, and it's just like we turn to things that logically make sense, but Jesus is like, hey, logically ain't gonna work out for you. You need a spiritual approach. You have a spiritual hurt. You have a spiritual battle, and logical solutions will not solve a spiritual issue. You need a spiritual approach to your hurt. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4. Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Man, I love that. We got a life, a physical life. We see our problems physically hurting us. But Jesus is like, I know it seems like a physical issue. I know it seems like a logical thing, but it's a spiritual thing. We do not wage war against our hurt with physical problems. We wage war spiritually. If you want healing from your hurt, you gotta take a spiritual approach. You gotta take a spiritual approach. Logically, logically, church is gonna help me a ton, right? Which it does. But then six days of the week, I gotta face my problems on my own. I gotta figure stuff out. Take a spiritual approach seven days a week. You don't have to wait till Sunday to, to know God. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning to come praise God. Our CEO worship team, our worship team up here, they got a Spotify account. Go throw on some worship music at home. Go throw on some John Allen at home. He's got the golden pipes and he sings praise music. Go throw it on at home. Go home, get on your knees every single morning and pray to God. God wants a relationship with you you can't have a relationship with someone if you only see him one time a week and expect it to change your life. Go, go after God every single morning on your knees and pray to him and talk to him. Take a spiritual approach. Get in the word. How the heck am I supposed to know what the truth is when everyone has an opinion? You get in the truth every single morning, every single night. You surround yourself with the spiritual truth of the word. Take a spiritual approach on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night, you get home, you get on your knees and you pray to God, you throw in some worship music, you get in the word and watch how a spiritual approach to your life will start to lead to spiritual solutions. Amen. You need a spiritual approach. And Jesus tells her that, you gotta have a spiritual approach. Second thing he does with her right here, he, he, you gotta address the problem. You gotta address the problem. Jesus says, hey, let's take a spiritual approach and spiritually let's address the problem. Let's not avoid it. This one seems obvious, but it's so hard to do. Look at what he does next. Verse 16 through 19. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. This is the verse I was talking about. Go, call your husband, come here. The woman's like, I don't have a husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands and the one you now have isn't your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to her, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Jesus right here for the record is not shaming her. I've heard that argument before, like, oh, Jesus shames her for having all those husbands. I'm like, no, Jesus is trying to get her to address the issue. Because once you get a spiritual approach, you've gotta take those spiritual weapons and you've got to address the issue if you wanna get them healed. The more you avoid your issue, the more it's gonna haunt you. 
Get violent with that issue. Make war with that issue. Address the issue and have spiritual warfare going on in those issues. Jesus calls out the issues going on in her life so that she can address it and find healing from it. And I love the way he, call, he calls it out, not just saying, hey, you've been hurt, so let's talk about that. It's like, hey, you've been hurt, and it's turning into a present problem. Jesus wants us to talk about, to address our issues in the past tense and in the present tense to make sure that it does not affect us in the future tense. Jesus is like, hey, let's address your issue. Let's talk about it right now. Sawyer, let's talk about the things going on in your mind every single day. Let's talk about the struggles going on. Hey, little Johnny over here, hey, let's, let's talk about the addiction that's going on behind closed doors. Hey, Sally, let's talk about the people who have hurt you. Hey, hey, let's talk about what's going on in your life because in order for you to find healing, you need to address the issue. Jesus addresses the issue, calls it out, and makes her aware of the fact that there's something that's happened in her life, a past hurt, but there's something that's going on in her life now because of it. Past hurt turned into a present hate, and you're not gonna be healed from it until you address the issue with a spiritual approach. Take a spiritual approach, address the issue. By the way, you, you think anything would have changed in this woman's life if Jesus didn't address the issue? Like you think number seven would have magically just been way better? You think for some reason the town would have had a, a change of heart randomly towards this woman? No. Jesus like, you want healing, you want to change, we gotta address the problem with the spiritual approach. The third thing we gotta do is this. And we see it happen right here and it's powerful. Don't wait for a change to happen, make a change happen. Don't wait for change, make a change. Last few verses right here that I wanna read, verse 25 through 30. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he was called Christ, and when he comes, he'll tell us all things. She, she's actually been educated about the coming of Christ, about the prophecy, she just doesn't know that Jesus is the one that she's thinking about. So Jesus tells her, drops a bomb on her, he's like, hey, it's me, <laughs> what's up? Then his disciples come back and they marveled that he was talking with the Samaritan woman, but no one said, why, you know, what are you seeking or, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jug, went away into the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to Jesus. Does anyone see what just happened right there? Did the people of her city come to her and say, hey, we're sorry for the way that we've been treating you? No. She went out and she said, you know what, I, I'm not gonna avoid people until they respect me and, and you know, forgive me and apologize for them. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make a difference. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do something about my sadness. And, and, and by the way, this, is, this does not mean she goes out and she faces all of her ex-husbands and like cusses them out, slashes their tires. I love Carrie Underwood, but none of that going on here. She doesn't do any of that stuff. She goes out and she doesn't, she, she's not going out to, trying to change the community. She's going out and trying to change the way that she approaches the community. I refuse to avoid my problems anymore. I'm gonna make a change. I'm not gonna wait for the people to come to me. I'm gonna go to the people. I'm not gonna wait for my bitterness and anger and hatred to go away. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make a change in my heart, in my mind, in my actions. I'm gonna go make a difference. I'm gonna go do something. Okay, can I, can I vent a little bit? I love high school students, don't get me wrong, they're like my favorite people, but sometimes it's just like, really, like, come on. I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with a high school student about a personal issue in their life with their friends or with their family. And a lot of those times, 
like the high school student has genuinely been wrong. Sometimes it's like, well, like, you know, you're a jerk. Like, you know, we need to face up your problems. But like a lot of times it's like, they've been hurt. They've been wrong. They've been abandoned. They've been left. They have an abusive parent. They have something. And it's like, we gotta go through this process together and I'm gonna help you with it. But, but what are you doing to make a difference? You know, it's like they'll come to God and they'll come to me. They'll address the issue. They'll take step one and two. They'll, they'll take a spiritual approach, say, hey, can you pray with me? I need help. And they'll address the problem. I, I need to talk about this. But then it comes to number three and I'm like, okay, okay, let's, let's take a spiritual approach and let's address the problem. But now what are you doing? I don't know. Okay, well, how about, how about you go out and you seek them out and you, you forgive them even if they did not ask for forgiveness? What if you went out and you apologized even though you didn't do anything wrong just to clear the air? Like, what if you just went out and like, hey, I'm sorry if things have been un- uncomfortable between us. Like, I, I just, I love you and I value you and I just want you back in my life. Even though they don't deserve it, even though they're the one that should apologize, what if you did something? And I can't tell you how many times, like, no, 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 that's not gonna help because they're just gonna walk all over me and they're gonna hurt me even more and they're gonna take advantage of me. And it's like, hey, they're not gonna change. You're not gonna change. How do you expect anything to change? Don't wait for change to come. How about you make a change? How about you do something? I think we can learn from that. And Jesus calls her to do it and she does it and she starts walking in freedom. She makes new relationships. She ends up leading an entire city to Christ. Why? Because she went through the process of refueling. She got healed from her hurt by taking a spiritual approach, by addressing the issue, and by making a change in her own life. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change. I'm not gonna wait for people to change. I'm not gonna wait for the 700-year-old racial rivalry to go around. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna pursue relationships with the people who have left me. I'm gonna make a change. And as I close out, I'm going too long. They give me the mic and I just start preaching. I'm sorry. Um, when we go through this process, what we see in her life is this. It's not just, you know, an old person in a new season. You know, it's not just broken Sawyer at an Angels baseball game. It's a new person with a new life. It's a new person with a new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has been covered up. Nope. The old is dead, is gone, it's passed away. The new has come to you. Jesus says, hey, you go through this process of healing from your hurt. I'm not just gonna get you through your hurt. I'm gonna make you a new person with new power, with new boldness, with new strength, with new identity founded in me. The hurt cannot haunt you anymore because you're a new creation in me and my love and my healing and my forgiveness and my fuel. That's the power of being healed from your hurt. And I think there are some people in here today who need to be healed from hurt. If you're like me, the past year and a half has hurt you in a lot of ways. But I think there might also be some people who have been hurt beyond just a year and a half, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You've been hurt by people. And you might think, well, I've moved on from that. Have you ever been healed from it though? Because what 20 year old hurt might be causing new present problems in your life that you need to be healed from? What if, what if you conquered an old, hidden, covered up hurt in your life and watch how it created a new life for you right now? I think there are people in this place who need to be healed from their hurt. And so we're actually gonna walk through this process together. 
And for some of you, it starts with the spiritual approach. Starts with the spiritual approach. In just a second, I'm gonna lead you through a prayer. This prayer is not, you know, a magic passcode that gets you into heaven. It's a spiritual approach to a spiritual God, to a spiritual source, to a living water that you've been missing out on. You've come to church a million times, and for you, that's been good enough. We're glad that you're here. I love you. But the healing is not gonna come until you take a spiritual approach. And this prayer that I'm gonna lead you in is coming to God and saying, God, I need you. God, I need this living water in me. God, I want to be healed from my hurt. God, it's only possible through you. God, I need you. And if you're ready to be healed from your hurt, if you're ready to be refueled, I want you to say this prayer with me. And God is going to come into your life and he's gonna make you a new person. Then, together, we're gonna go through step two and step three. You say that prayer, that's the spiritual approach, but then you still gotta address the problem and you gotta make a difference. After you say the prayer, we're gonna stand and sing a song and I'm gonna ask anyone who said the prayer to be bold and to come forward. I'm also gonna ask with that group, anyone who has said the prayer in the past, but they've never addressed their issues. They've never gone under into the freeing waters of baptism and addressed the issue in a spiritual approach. They've, they've, they've known God, but they've never addressed the problem publicly. They've never addressed the problem with community, with people, with people who can walk them through their next steps. There's people in here who know God, but have never made a change. They've waited for change to come. Today, you get a chance to be proactive and to make a change. So in just a little bit, you're gonna get a chance to do that, but right now, I wanna start with the prayer. I wanna start with step one, take a spiritual approach. So if you will, all over the room, I want everyone to bow their heads, to close their eyes with me. I want no one looking around. I just want us to be right here spiritually with the Lord. And if you're ready to say this prayer, I want you to say this prayer with me. If you're ready to come to the spiritual source of healing, you will come to the living water, say this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. Come into my heart. Give me living water. Give me the spiritual approach, the spiritual healing. Forgive me of everything I've done. I say yes to you. You're everything I need. So be with me. And then tell him you love him. Say, I love you, God. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Can we give it up for anyone who said that prayer today? Remember, as you guys go today, healing is available to you. And it's important before we move on to what's coming next that we go through the proper refueling process. Take the spiritual approach every single day. Address the problems in your life. And then don't wait for a change. Make a change in your own life. As you go, celebrate our country's birthday. Pray for our country. It needs it. I cannot wait to see you next week at Crossroads. Free snow cones, I believe, for the first 200 people outside. So go crazy. Go get snow cones. I'll see you next week at Crossroads. Happy Fourth of July.
Wow, what an incredible service that was, a powerful message. If you said yes to Jesus today, you prayed that prayer, would you text amen to 77247? Amen to 77247. We want to come alongside you on this journey and our team. We want to give you some resources so you're not alone. Yeah, and if any part of this message resonated with you, or honestly, if you have any prayer requests, our team reads every single message, and we would love to know how we can pray for you guys this week. So feel free to put it in the chat. Yes, and if this message added value to your life, subscribe to our channel. Hit that bell button for notifications so you never miss out on any future messages. Yeah, we are live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and on Sundays at 9 a.m. and I'll on demand after that. Yes, and so thank you guys for joining us today. We hope to see you back next week for week two of our series. Running on empty. Running on empty. Will you have an amazing 4th of July? Have a great time celebrating with family and friends. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye.